Hello, everybody. Welcome to InterSTEM Talks, Episode 5, which I'm so excited to bring to the InterSTEM community and beyond. My name is Andre Lombardi, and I'm the co-president of the InterSTEM Irvine Teston Chapter, and InterSTEM Talks is brought to you by the Irvine Teston Chapter. This episode is essentially going to be a continuation of our informative uh, COVID-19 adaptability series, and today we'll specifically be talking about high school internships, summer programs, and just in general um, leadership adaptability throughout this pandemic. So although I'm not joined by any uh, fellow high school students for this episode, I'm really happy to introduce our first guest speaker, who is Jenny Wheatley, the president of Mission Masters, a college consulting firm. Uh, so hello, Jenny. Thank you so much for being with me. Hi, everyone. Yeah, thanks, Andre, for having me um, today. I'm super excited to be here uh, to talk to you guys and for the rest of the InterSTEM and other high school students communities um, to give you guys a little bit of insight um, of, you know, what COVID-19 looks like and also how we need to adapt um, and helping you with all of that. So yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so happy that you're here as well. Um, the first thing I want to just ask you, would you mind introducing like how did you stumble on, on what you do? Um, why did you get involved in it? And what else might be unique just for viewers to know a little bit about you? Sure. Um, so as Andre mentioned, my name is Jenny Wheatley. I'm also the president at Admission Masters. Um, we're an educational consulting organization. So basically we help high school and middle school students on their journey throughout um, college, throughout high school and middle school and to college admissions. Um, I actually became, well, you know, really funny story. I wanted to be a doctor when I was um, really young, even throughout um, elementary and middle school, my goal was to be a doctor and obviously I'm not a doctor right now, um, but I've always loved working with kids. I always love working with students and that was, I wanted to be a pediatrician. I specifically wanted to be a doctor that specialized in young people. Um, and so as I was doing that um, and I went to undergrad at UCLA and I was introduced to like my first cadaver, not a human cadaver, but like an animal cadaver and like doing some dissections and doing blood work. Like I felt like I didn't belong. Um, I felt like that's not um, kind of the field that I thrived in, not because I was necessarily bad at it, but just because I was like either queasy or just felt like I couldn't do it. I felt like I was, you know, going into something that I, I didn't really see myself doing for the rest of my life. And so I actually quickly changed into the world of education. So I realized that, you know, the reason for me wanting to become a doctor was to ha help young people. Um, and that one way was through medicine, but another way to do that is actually through education and um, recognizing kind of my educational journey and seeing how education was a really big impact for me. Um, I actually went into education myself. I had a really awesome opportunity to be an admissions officer for UCLA. Um, I then had really great opportunity to be a part of Teach for America and become a teacher um, and be an educator in the world of um, 
uh, I guess, like public school systems. Um, I had a lot of really great admissions experiences at a lot of different colleges from like Hopkins um, to Stanford to Harvard and read a lot of applications and um, been in a lot of collaborative discussions on, you know, accepting, rejecting and waitlisting students. Um, and after having done that for quite some time and, and feeling like, you know, I, I want to do more to help students than just make decisions on um, whether they should be coming to this school or not, right? I wanted to do more than that. Um, and pro primarily, you know, high school students, I was working in elementary schools, I worked with middle school students, and um, high school was kind of an area where I felt like I could really close the higher education gap to the best of my abilities. And so began my journey as a high school counselor, um, and dedicating my life to helping high school students. And that led me to, um, admission masters where I'm now kind of not only working with students but also leading a group of staff members and I'm um, doing a little bit more organizational stuff in terms of you know developing um, information for the community uh, beyond the people that are just with my organization so um, yeah that's kind of how I came to this like very roundabout way of coming into education but um, I was also just like a unique fun fact also is that like I was raised from a family of educators. My grandmother was a teacher for I think like 20 something years, a principal for like 15 years. Um, she was dedicated to education, the public school system. And then my mom um, was an educator pretty much for my, my entire life. And so I feel like I've always been around educators. Um, and so it kind of made sense for me to fall into this. And my husband's an educator um, as well. And so I think that I found exactly where I want to be. And it's awesome to wake up every single day just loving what I do and being excited to do the work that I do. So yeah, that's that's a little bit about me and also how I came here. Yeah, wow, that's that's great. I just uh, kind of this this brought me a little thought about how one of my um, high school biology teachers has always like said kind of an expectation of versus reality thing of how we we initially have some type of goal to get to some place and that's kind of you had an, a goal in mind but the pathway to actually get there and and the goal itself kind of changed it might have all these loops and everything but that's the experience of it and it's really just not a clear-cut line by any any absolutely means. absolutely i don't think that you should ever feel as a high school student pressured to choose something to do for the rest of your life. Speaking from experience myself, I don't think it's realistic to say, I know what I want to be for the rest of my life, because some people don't find that until they're 40. Some people don't find that until they're 50. Some people find that in college. But I do think that be true to yourself because you, you know, there's that age old saying that you never work a day in your life if you love what you do. Right. And I think that there's something for everyone to love and there's something that everyone's to do. And like you said, it's a roundabout way. Like I thought I was a science and STEM student, but I definitely realized that that wasn't my direction, but I still get to do the, what, kind of drives me to be the person I am every single day. The core values that make me who I am is really helping young people, right? And so the fact that I still get to do that in the in the kind of climate that we're in right now is, is, is something I'm very grateful for. And I believe, I really believe that everyone has something like that. They might've not found it yet, um, but I promise you that you will find it. And, and when you do, it'll be glorious. <laughs> that's, that's great advice. Now, like speaking of pressure, I guess, or just um, kind of challenges that a lot of high school students are facing during the pandemic. I kind of want to go into 
um, the high school programs and, and internships and, and just different opportunities for students to explore their interests and, and their pathway to whatever, whatever it might look like in, in all the loops once again, um, just being able to delve into certain opportunities um, and how the pandemic might have like um, hindered um, like the, people's initial expectations um, or like initial plans of uh, getting into certain uh, programs or founding their own initiatives, uh, anything that might've just completely changed. So I'll actually kind of just start off myself. Um, I've established recently like uh, an organization at 501c3 called Creative Kiddos that provides students in under-resourced communities um, STEAM enrichment workshops, which include like your traditional uh, STEM interactive workshops, but a twist on it additionally with music. Um, and during COVID, we initially started straight off trying to like right at, actually right before COVID, we tried to host in-person workshops and then like a, a month in uh, COVID hit us, we had to adapt everything um, to virtual and online learning. So that's just an instance of, to me, how the process has changed. Um, and, and the challenges that I've faced. And I guess that's a kind of a general example. But then, um, Ms. Wheatley, I have a, Mrs. Wheatley, I have a question for you. Um, how can we further our impact kind of on an academic level with our community, with our peers, with our teachers, with anybody around us uh, during these times? Yeah, so I think that um, your experiences are are, are really awesome, um, Andre. I think same thing for you as what I said earlier. You found kind of a niche, an area that you were really passionate about. I know you also like to work with kids and um, and things like that. And so I think that led into your 501c3. I think it led to kind of the, the work that you do for the community right now. Um, what you asked, I feel like was such a loaded question. Like, I think that there's so many things that um, really go into, uh, you know, what, like the COVID and um, what type of opportunities or how do we kind of um, further our impact. Um, and I, I honestly can do like a four hour conversation with you on just that. Um, but if I were to really narrow it down to the impact academically and like community during these times, I think the first thing is to get rid of the mindset of COVID being a hindrance. Um, so, I've, I work with a lot of students. I've worked with students for over 13 years of my life. And I have two little sons that I raise on my own too. Um, and I feel like when you allow, um, um, when you allow something to be a hindrance to, um, to you doing well in the future or to do something else. Um, so if you, if you give yourself an excuse or you say like, I can't do this because of that, it's never going to happen. Right. And I, I tell my, I tell my son this all the time too. And I tell my students this time your job as a human, you have the brain capacity to overcome the obstacles and challenges that you are going to face in your life. You have the intrinsic power to do that. Everybody does. Everyone has the superpower, right? Innately um, to do that. Your mind and your brain is a powerful thing. 
And so if you keep telling yourself that you can't do something because of some, something else, then that something, whatever you're thinking about is never going to happen. And so the first thing I want to mention is to further your impact is to get rid of COVID-19 as an excuse, right? You have seen, I think, I think at this point, if you guys are listening right now, a lot of high school students are like, well, all these clubs got canceled. Well, this got canceled or that got canceled. And we talk about summer programs and internships. Things are canceled. I can't do it because of COVID. They're probably canceled because I can't go in person. But actually, one of the things that happened during this time is the level of creativity in human beings have grown exponentially, right? Small businesses that never used computers began using technology. Um, students who never had exposure to PowerPoints got exposed to PowerPoints, right? You got to think of kind of the world where it is today. And because of COVID, humans have been pushed to adapt, have been pushed to be more creative than they've ever been before. So I encourage all of my students to be creative. There is no, I cannot do it. It's just, you're not doing it, right? You're at the end of the day, you're limiting yourself from these things. Like when I talk about limitations, when students ask me about limitations, I'm like, you're your biggest limitation. Um, and I think that's what it comes down to. So, um, my biggest advice, how can you further your impact academically or with your community during these times? Get creative. Don't let something hold you back from saying that you can't do something. Um, don't let um, you know, this situation or experience be an opportunity for you to sit still and not get anything done, but rather find new ways and new ideas um, to develop something new. And I think you've seen that with teachers. Teachers are the most resilient that they have been, right? Like they've had to teach every everyone virtually, which is something that they've never had to do before. I'm sure their master's programs never taught them like how to engage students uh, virtually on, you know? So I think that everyone is capable. And I think that you're more capable than you think you are. So um, don't let COVID be a hindrance and to, to use your creativity. I think that's kind of the best advice that I want to give. Yeah, I think that's amazing advice. Thank you so much. Um, just also kind of my thoughts. I have similar, similar thoughts um, about creativity and how people might think in addition to like thinking of excuses kind of as you were saying um oh this is going to probably stop me even thinking something along those lines could yeah it, it might stop you um but for you brought up the examples of teachers and how in their master's program they were never taught something i think the same thing also applies for students it applies to almost any single person um we weren't taught uh kind of what like how how do you do creativity okay you do x plus y equals z no it's not exactly like that we were given examples to creativity and we were given opportunities to be creative and that's what uh, we've been able to do i think in the past um this past year so just that's also my thought of like creativity is is really not something in the textbook it's not something any edu it's not it's something that our education allows us to expand on and, and really take advantage of, but it's not something that is, uh, it has no formulaic uh, expression to it. Yeah, so I'll give you some examples just because I feel like listeners might be wanting some of those tangible, tangible things. So in terms of like summer programs and internships, you know, a lot of internships are going virtual as are summer programs. You'll notice that, you know, there are many summer programs are adapting from in-person programs to 
technical programs. Yes, there are also field work programs, like especially environmental science programs that cannot go in person or they have to be in person or, or the program wouldn't really work. Um, and for those programs, they might just be canceling it altogether. But for the most part, um, that's what you know people are doing. But what are the what is what is ultimately the point of a summer program or internship? If you ask yourself that question, the, the point of a summer program or internship is to learn something, right? It's to grow from the experience. It's to it's to gain something, right? That's pretty much what it is. Um, and college admission sees it the same way, right? When they look at your summer, they just want to know that your summer is productive, it's effective, and that you've grown from the experiences. So it doesn't have to be a summer program and internship that's going to give you that growth. Again, be creative. You can find that growth on your own. Even getting a part-time job is growth, right? Um, so I think that's the one of the most tangible things that I can give you guys in that um, if you're looking for opportunities that are not necessarily summer programs or internships or you looked for those, but that doesn't really mesh with you very well, then look for something that you can do that's going to allow you to grow, whether that's professionally, personally, emotionally, mentally, intellectually. It doesn't really matter as long as you feel like your summer was worth it. If you're sitting around playing video games and just eating potato chips, then that's different, right? Um, and I, I'm not saying anything wrong about video games. I'm sure students play video games all the time, but at the same time, um, you know, you want to do something productive. Are you growing that experience? And I think that's the most important question that college admissions will ask um, as it relates to your future passions. Definitely. And for those, the, the way that we are productive and the way that, um, the, the, the way that we get involved in our community, the way we explore in our interests, um, anything to do with the way that we, uh, again, kind of be adaptable, be creative. Um, how, do, how do you think, uh, you, you kind of briefly touched on it, but how do you think they might take a, a different approach when they're evaluating um, these extracurricular affiliated categories? Yeah, so I think um, that's a really good question. And I think college admissions is changing too. And I think they're changing with the times, they're changing with the opportunity, they're changing with what COVID-19 presents. Um, they recognize that sports are canceled. They recognize that a lot of in-person opportunities are canceled. They recognize that students have to go above and beyond to do and find opportunities. But the problem, and not the problem, but the reality is students are going above and beyond to make something happen, right? So if you're looking at and you're saying, oh, you know, this year college admissions won't care that much that I don't have as many activities or that my activities aren't that impactful or that I don't have a lot of leadership opportunities, you're wrong because students are going to, just like humans learn to adapt from this situation, students are adapting too. And students are either uh, coming up with their own opportunities or activities or um, things like that. Now, I do think that college admissions will be a little bit lenient towards certain things. Um, I do think potentially academics could be one of them because you know most of the world has been doing virtual learning. Um, potentially the fact that you have very limited leadership opportunities, potentially that your activities are mostly outside of school and not inside 
active in school because you're inside of clubs and stuff like that are inactive or not really happening. Um, they're going to understand that. And I think that, that that's fine. But one of the things that college admissions officers have mentioned to me a lot um, when I've met with my former colleagues um, is that this year, more than ever, they're going to be looking for impact, right? Um, that's kind of the, the running theme um, of this year's admissions. And I believe in the next few years too, like what kind of impact are you having in your community, in your direct community, in your school community, or just within your church or family or anything like that, right? What kind of impact are you having? And that's something that they're really going to value. So things that are changing with college admissions when it comes to evaluating extracurricular activities, I think the biggest thing would be they're going to look for more impact. They're not going to let you use COVID-19 as an excuse, but they will understand that athletics and, you know, and inside of school clubs and things like that look different or have been completely canceled. And they're going to recognize that but it doesn't mean you can do less and it doesn't mean that you should do less. Um, actually, our world needs more help than any time right now. I think um, in the past 30 years that I've lived, um, this is a time where I feel like humans across the world should come together to do something to better each other's lives. We need each other more than ever now. Um, and that means there's a lot to do. Even something as simple as donations or like giving books to children who don't have access to books. There have been tragedies across the nation in so many different elements, whether that's you know um, racism against Asian Americans, whether that's um, the, the snowstorm in, in Texas, right? There's the fires in, in California. Like there's just so much happening on top of COVID that you can do something to lend support and do some sort of impact. So I would say that as long as you're being productive when it comes to helping other people and that you have the heart to help other people, then that's going to come through in college applications. And I would say that's one of the more important things that they're going to look at. So I have a question for you, actually, based off of that. And it's, it's a very, I think, broad, but more like a, a critical critical. Not a critical thinking question, but it's a, a question that might be um, answered in a lot of different ways. Let's say somebody is trying to figure out how to make their impact, but whether it be that they think that their their school maybe isn't giving them the opportunity to do that, or they're just not able to um, take, take full use of the things just because of things that they can't control that are out of their reach. Um, how would you say that they could uh, potentially make that impact as, as strong as possible, even uh, in like circumstances that can't be really controlled. Yeah, so impact can look and see, it could be in so many different ways. So, you know, impact could be as small as being a really good daughter to your family. Um, it could be that your parents lost their job because of unemployment due to COVID um, and you're doing what you can to um, make the money, whether that's something as simple as recycling or um, helping your brother with your homework so your parents don't have to pay for tutoring. Like impact could come in all shapes and sizes. So I think that um, that would be the first thing. When you think about impact, I don't think you should think like, I'm going to go save children in Ethiopia, right? Like, I don't think that it could be, that's awesome, you can do that too, but it doesn't have to be to that extent. So my first thing is when you think of impact, think about where in lies the support that you're able to give. Um, so am I able to tutor my younger brother? Can I make an extra peanut butter jelly sandwich for him for lunch? 
it could start as small as that. Then I would start to think about what other strengths you have. Oh, I'm really good at talking to kids. Oh, I'm really good at sewing um, toys or sewing like, I don't know, just sewing in general. Like I'm really good at cro croqueting, right? I'm really good at crocheting, right? I'm really good at, um, you know, any of these things, like think about the talents that you have or just hobbies you have, then you can turn those hobbies into impact, right? Like I had a student who loved making jewelry. And so one of the things she did was um, to start a jewelry, like a self-made jewelry business and donated to domestic violence centers. Like there are things that you can do that I feel like you're, you, you know, first of all, just think small and then move from that. If there are things that are hindering you um, just because of your circumstances and you're very limited. I would also say there's many organizations like Creative Kiddos that are doing stuff and they're looking for volunteers. Um, you don't have to be the one to start it on your own, but you can look for opportunities that are in your community. You can look for opportunities at your school that are already doing some level of impact. And maybe from those experiences, you gain more passion and you gain more experiences to then even make a larger impact, right? So I would say that don't think of impact as something don't think of impact as a nonprofit organization or you know or a company or anything like that think of impact as something that you can do to make the slightest bit of difference in just one person's life and that in itself could be impact start there definitely start start big and and, and grow from there um interesting uh, i, I want to add on a little bit of like how people can find opportunities without not necessarily looking you know at the super um, large, like, um, large, they almost seem like daunting, daunting um, opportunities, like uh, things that you could do yourself. Um, but also just joining organizations and learning about opportunities from there. That's the goal of InterSTEM. That's the goal of Creative Kiddos. And that's the goal of a lot of community organizations. So if you're able to um, join any of those organizations, I mean, just go go ahead because it's not only for your well-being, but it's also good for the, the impact that you can make on on other people and, and the community. And then then there comes in the factor of like making your impact that you'd like to make and, and creating a legacy, basically. Mm -hmm. um, just to, I guess, I, I feel like we've covered um, some very interesting topics on, on, on versatility, on impact, on creativity, um, and, and not making COVID-19 uh, a hindrance, but more uh, being innovative um, with how we can still, as humans, like progress and, and take um, as much value out of anything as possible um, and then make our impact from that. So do you have any other final words of advice in terms of like seeking leadership opportunities, um, effectively sharing anyone's skills with, with others, whether it be with their community, with their, with their family, with their friends? Um, and I think specifically, like if I were to put a time frame on that, like in the next year or so, since there's been a lot of change recently. Um, so, you know, I think I, I, I think I kind of, um, exhausted myself on all of the really awesome kind of conversations. I think, um, Andre, you asked really good questions, which, um, allowed me to give a little bit more insight into the advice, but in terms of kind of final advice, and I think, um, InterSTEM is doing an awesome job doing this is, um, be a, a seeker of information. Um, and I think that, uh, part of your personal growth, 
um, really comes from seeking information, right? Your school education can only give you so much. Um, they're going to give you textbook knowledge. They're going to give you things like that, but it's your job to apply that knowledge, right? It's your job to find ways of applying that knowledge. Um, really, when I talk to students, I always talk about like, you know, where we come back to the drawing board of like, well, why is college important? Or like, do I need to go to college? Or why do I need to go to good college? And I think at the end of the day, everything that we do in the world that we live in um, should in some way, shape or form be doing it so that we can improve the lives of each other. We can improve the lives of the world. Um, and that could be as a doctor, that could be as a high school counselor, that could be as a mom, that could be as a parent, um, you know, or daughter. But at the end of the day, Money can buy you things, but I feel like it's never going to give you as much sustenance. It's never going to give you as much gratification as actually doing something to improve someone's life or the world you live in. And I think one of the biggest things at admission masters that I talk about with my students is that college admissions, they're going to look for good people. They're going to look for people who are who have really good hearts that want to go out there and do good things by using their education to make a difference in our world. That literally is what college admissions talk about all the time. When I worked at the different colleges that I worked at, um, the one thing that was very repetitive in our training was let's look for good kids that not only fit our school system and our culture, but then we know that we can invest in them and we can count on them to make an impact in the world after they graduate from our university, right? Um, and that's the mindset um, of, of college admissions and higher education. So don't think of high college as the end all be all. College is just the one step to getting you to your future. Um, but really the goal, you know, you want your life to be meaningful. And if you want your life to be meaningful, it's about um, seeking information, you know, listening to podcasts like this and, you know, going out of your way and, and taking risks and not being afraid to fail and trying to do things that, you know, you've never done before, because it's only by having those experiences that you're really going to grow as a person. It's only by having those experiences that you're really going to have the potential to grow in the future as well. So my final words of advice in, in seeking leadership and effectively sharing your skills and interests and all this stuff is number one, just don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the risks and the potentials that lie ahead. Um, the only way that you're going to know your own worth and your potential is if you try and you take a risk and you and you get to you know where you are failure is not the end all either right um failure is only one step closer to your success and i really truly do believe that so um yeah that would be my final words of advice and uh um hopefully students and anyone else who's listening to this podcast can feel a little bit more I don't know, motivated or inspired to potentially go out and do something. Um, I know a lot of students are, are feeling Zoom fatigue right now um, and just doing everything on Zoom and everything virtually. And I hope that um, get out there, go do something, go do something that's off your screen to, to make a difference in someone's life. And that in and of itself would probably give you a lot more happiness than um, anything else that you've probably did this year um, overall. So I would uh, definitely recommend that too. Wow, thank, thank you so much, Jenny, um, for providing all this insight um, on how to make the most out of, out of what might seem, you know, uh, a lack of, of something. But, but in reality, as a human species, uh, we have anything but a lack um, of, of 
of almost anything uh, in terms of like speaking um, positively. So um, again, I, I would reiterate the same things to, I guess, all of my peers. Um, but thank you so much, Jenny, for um, making this a point to, to reach out to um, people involved in Interstem and just their communities. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Andre and Interstem. Um, best of luck to all of my students out there listening and uh, hopefully we'll be back soon. Yep. See you guys all for the next episode of Interstem Talks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.